Hello everybody, how's it going? Ben Gothard here, and today I'm joined with Oliver Kenyon from England. How you doing today, Oliver? Very well, thank you. Honored to uh, be on your show. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely, man. The, uh, the pleasure's all mine. So, let's jump right in, and let's get started. My first question for you, Oliver, is what is your story? Okay, so uh, how long have you got? <laughs> um, so my, my story is uh, from the kind of beginning and how I kind of got onto the entrepreneurial and online space is um, I was originally a chef. I trained as a chef. Um, I was a chef for 10 years. And uh, basically, as you probably know, um, as a chef, you work ridiculous hours uh, and you don't get paid very much. Um, so it's kind of in that trap, which a lot of people fall into, you know, where you just work and work and work. And uh, basically, I, I became kind of fascinated with uh, the internet and websites and all stuff like that. Um, funny enough, I actually got onto the uh, online kind of space through uh, rap music. I used to love rap music and I used to like participate in forums and communities. Um, and all I was doing is chefing 24-7 and then any spare hours. So like as a chef, you do split shifts. So you do like eight o'clock in the morning until say three or four o'clock and then you go back in at six until the evening. Um, sometimes as late as like 12, one o'clock, crazy hours. Um, but every spare hour I was online, I was participating in these communities. And uh, the kind of way I, I first started my first website and sort of fell into the, the kind of marketing side of things was I, I almost had a kind of eureka moment when I thought, do you know what, I can actually probably run a better community than one I'm on. Um, so I started up a forum, like forums have always been my thing, communities, forums were my kind of like first love. And uh, I don't know if you guys over in the US, you have, a, I think you probably have something similar, but you have something called like Dragon's Den. Uh, yeah, that it's kind of like Shark Tank. Like, pitch like a, a business kind of thing right yeah it's, it's kind of like shark tank where like Mark there you go shark tank that's the one that's the one so i had a shark tank slash dragon's den uh moment with my uh dad and my grandfather where <laughs> i pitched them i think it was 40 percent of my business for 120 pounds so that's probably around about like 150 us um and that basically covered hosting a domain and a, a v bulletin uh, license to build my own community um, and kind of cliche, but I haven't really looked back since, um, you know, typically failed a lot of times, had a lot of websites, a lot of different projects. Um, my dad still claims to have 40% in my current company, which, uh, is, I'd like to think is worth a little bit more, um, than what it was back then. But, um, yeah, that's, that's basically how I kind of got onto the online space. And, and since then I've, I've worked on various different, um, websites, different projects, uh, a lot of communities, a lot of forums. Um, and my kind of first real success was was uh, with a community. Absolutely, that's fantastic. So I wanna I wanna jump back a little bit into your history, uh, because because I think there's some things that you know we can dive a little bit more into. Um, you said you said that you were a chef for ten years. Can you maybe talk a little bit a little bit about uh, your your upbringing and and how you got to that point of of being a chef? Of course, yeah. I mean, I started working pretty young. I was 13. Um, I don't think it wasn't even legal to work till you were like 16 uh, in the UK. But um, I think that's possibly something my kind of parents instilled in me um, to, to go out and kind of earn my own money. I came from a really, you know, good background. My parents were both working hard, a uh, nice family home. Um, but I, I always had to earn my own money. Um, I wasn't any, ever given anything, although we kind of had a relatively good amount of money as a family. Like, every Christmas and birthday, my friends would get Playstations and such. I wouldn't get any of that, you know, I'd have to like go out and earn it, which I kind of, back then I didn't thank my parents for at all. 
Um, but now I kind of see why they did that and I kind of really saw the value in money. So as soon as I was like 13, I was out working uh, as a pizza chef originally. Um, and then I, I kind of just grew uh, into the business on, on the side of school. Education was never for me. Um, I'm very anti-education in a way and we can go into that in more detail if you wish. Um, but I, I just, I'm, I'm, I was a bit of a class clown. I wasn't great at school. I wasn't like bad. I was, wasn't doing like awful things or like skipping school much but like I never really listened um unless it unless I, I had my full attention I used to like mess around and you know as, as a lot of people do but um school wasn't for me so I I actually if I kind of concentrated school I probably could have got good grades but I never really put in much effort so I, I did the bare minimum passed my exams got into what we have over here it's called like a level so it's like the next level of education um, but I dropped out after a year just because I've had enough. Um, and yeah, and then I carried on chefing, uh, got out of the educational system, carried on chefing. And um, eventually, eventually it took me a long, long time. It's only, I've only been doing the online thing full time for about five years now. Um, so it took me a long, long time to get out of that kind of, I don't want to say nine to five because it's not a nine to five job, but that kind of cycle where you're stuck in a job. Um, and, and I was. Absolutely, absolutely. So you said at thirteen was when you had your first job. Yes. And and your parents always taught you to earn your own money and and taught you about money. Yes. Can you talk about some of those things, those fundamental concepts that you learned? Because I think for a lot of entrepreneurs that are starting up, while you may have learned that early, they still might be struggling with those same concepts. So can, mm -hmm. you, can you go into uh, detail about what you learned and, and why it's so important? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and I think you touched on the note where you say it's why it's so important. And that's what I try and I kind of like uh, I mentor for a few people, local people as well. They ask me advice. And that's one thing I kind of always say, because, again, this is I don't, again, I don't want to keep saying it, but this is why I'm so kind of anti-education in, in the UK, because you don't get taught that stuff. Right. So although you might get taught what the pi r squared means and you know what the circumference of a circle is and stuff like that which to be honest i don't think i've ever used um you don't get taught that uh, the value of money you don't get taught how to earn money you don't get taught about taxes you don't get taught that you should save money you don't get taught how to sell, sell uh, sign a, a lease agreement on the apartment or your first property uh, things like that which i think are, are far more important personally i'm not you know i'm not knocking if education is your route that's the way you want to go down that's fine but for me those things are far more important and you almost have to you know learn the hard way by kind of getting chucked in and I've learned the hard way on a lot of things, trust me. But one thing I didn't learn the hard way on was was the financial side, which I'm really grateful to my parents because they taught me from a young age to kind of look after your money, save a bit, um, earn your own money and only only get something when you truly uh, deserve deserve it, when you work from it, when it's your own money. And and that um, like I said, back in the day, kind of pissed me off a bit. Like I was like, oh, why can't I have the latest PlayStation? Why can't I do this thing? Or, or why do I have to have a PlayStation for Christmas and birthday and the next Christmas, whereas my friend's just getting it for his uh, Christmas present or something. But um, it, it really did uh, kind of prove proved a good good thing because now, you know, when it came to my first year in business, um, I was very cautious that I kind of had to say, I didn't really know what tax was. I don't think we all probably do when we start business if you don't go to kind of, you know, business school or whatever. Um, but I didn't really uh, realize what it was. And, and obviously I've seen friends, personal friends and, and colleagues and other people kind of start in business and earn a lot of money and not save the tax, go out, get the latest car, get the latest stuff. And then, you know, the year later they get hit with a bill and they're like, Shit, 
you know, and, and they're back to their nine to five within within um, you know a couple of a couple of years of doing stuff. Um, so I, I think it was very important from an early age to learn um, to kind of. But don't be wasteful with money. Don't be, uh, you know, stupid. Uh, only I, to this day, I mean, again, I have a mortgage. I have a house. We've got a beautiful house. I have a mortgage on that house. But apart from that mortgage, I don't own anyone a penny. So I recently bought a new car. Um, and out of principle, I know I'm probably stupid because I probably get a better deal financing it. But I can't do that. I, I have to own the thing. So whatever I do, I have to earn it. I can't own uh, owe anyone money. And, and that's the kind of way I was brought up and that's the way that I personally feel has done me done me well to today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I thank you for sharing um, you know, some of some of that advice because I really do think it provides value to to other people and, and that's the name of the game. Um, yeah. so you know you were talking about how school wasn't for you. And um, while it seems like you weren't knocking education, you were just saying it wasn't for you. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. That being said, or, or formal education. That being said, we as entrepreneurs have to educate ourselves. We have to Ugh. learn how to do things. We have to figure out how we're going to proceed on our entrepreneurial journey. In your opinion, what's the best way to educate yourself as an entrepreneur? As an entrepreneur, for me, from personal experience, the only way I've learned is by doing. Um, and again, I know that's cliche, but. It's, it's true, like, you know, you have to fail 20 times to make one thing work, or you have to throw shit at the wall 100 times to make one stick. Like, it, it's very cliche to say these phrases, but for me, that's all I know. Um, no one, and I think I think that's part of why I love it as well, in a way, because I my, my family and my friends currently don't really know what I do. And I almost love that. I love that feeling, like, my dad didn't teach me this. My mum didn't teach me this. My friends did not teach me this. I've taught myself all of this by myself, and I'm proud of that. And every, you know, as you should be, as everyone you know listening to this podcast and aspiring to to do something with their life should be, you know, because this 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 is a it's a hard space to crack into, but it's the best space, the most rewarding space, definitely. It's very up and down, um, but it's very very rewarding, and I, I just feel like. Again, I, I hate to use the expression, but like you just have to do, you have to take action, you have to fail. Um, and as long as you see that as like a continual journey, and as long as you don't let the failure stop you, that's that's when you know entrepreneurship's not for you. Okay, so if, if you do a couple of things and you're that disheartened that you feel like you want to go back to your job, I'll be honest with you, you're probably better off going back to your job. If, if you if you get it in your mind and your mindset that you're, you're on this journey for a, a long time and you will be successful, um, one, one, one of the things that always stuck with me, and, and a guy, a really, really amazing guy, uh, I, I won't name him, but he, uh, he owns a very successful affiliate network. Um, and he said to me back in the day, he actually owned a, a, a large affiliate community as well. And he said to me back in the day, he said, do what you love and, and keep working at it and don't worry about the money because the money will follow. And that's true. Again, if you come into this thinking about money, uh, it's not going to work for you. Like the money will always follow. So educate yourself by doing, fail, Learn on, upon that one, onto the next one. What did you do wrong that time? Take some time to analyze. What did you do wrong? What should you be doing different this time? Ask advice. Just go out there and ask people. Like that's another thing. Entrepreneurs are so scared of asking. Um, there's some amazing like with with modern technology, with, with social media, with uh, with forums, communities. Again, I'm a big obviously fan of communities and forums. But like with the, even social media, there's incredible groups. Like I think Ben, me and you probably met on a on an internet marketing group out there. Um, we wouldn't be having this conversation if I wasn't putting myself out there and you putting yourself out there or talking or asking questions. Like, 
just just go and ask. There's some there's some groups with 20, 30,000 people, like-minded people that don't mind helping you. Um, education, just just ask, do, take action, and and learn from from what you're doing. And that's definitely the way I live my life, and and how I how I feel is is the best way. I mean, obviously, there's courses, there's different things you can take, but nothing's as good as firsthand uh, firsthand action, hundred percent. Absolutely. And I agree 100%. If you're not out there actually doing it and, and you're if you're not the one getting your hands dirty and putting yourself right. on the line and you're taking that risk, it's really hard to have as good of a grasp of that concept or that business or whatever it is that you're doing as the person who's actually in the trenches doing it. Now, yeah. one thing that is a common theme that, that I see amongst entrepreneurs is you know they they want to learn. They're they're trying to learn and they're trying to go through and and, and build a business, but they have bills to pay. Okay, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. have to put food on the table, whether for themselves or for their families. How do you how do you how do you do that at the same time? Right? Yeah. How do you, yeah, sure. How do you generate income, provide, but also build a, a long term business and and fail like like you were talking about. Mm. I, I, people will tell you different things on this topic, and it's 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 a great topic because you you do hear different different things. But for me, first 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 case was uh, I I worked, so I had a full time job as a chef. Now, if I can do it as a chef, working like I said, eight till four o'clock, two hour break, back in at like half five six until twelve o'clock at night, and still do what I'm doing and break out of that cycle, then. Whoever's listening to this, who you know might work, and, and no disrespect to any job, people have to do it. It's amazing. Um, we're just lucky that we broke that cycle. But like, if you're working hours and you you know you might have children, just put like some time aside every day to do something. Like my time aside was like one o'clock in the morning. My time aside was when my friends, when I was 18, 19, my friends were going out drinking on the weekend, like going to clubs, having a good time. Like I didn't go out. I obviously did from time to time. You have to reward yourself. But like. I was, you know, I was known for being that person who didn't go out, who like people didn't see for months on months because I wanted this badly and you have to want it bad enough. But like for, for people to say, if people come to me now and they say, look, how do we do it? We've got a full time job. The first thing I'll say is don't get distracted. There's so many distracting distractions, so many shiny objects, so many different things that you can do. And, and the second thing I would say, um, just, just kind of touching on that point, thinking back to that quote that uh, you know this guy said to me, I'll say his name, Ben Cable, he's an amazing guy. Um, he, he said to me, keep, keep doing what you're doing and the money will follow. So the second thing is don't think about money. Okay, so, so yes, obviously money is important, but the money won't come straight away. If it does, you're very, very lucky. And those people who say to you like, do this and you'll become rich, it doesn't happen. I mean, one out of a thousand, it might happen. Um, the, the real people who succeed are the people that graft and don't give up. So it's like, as long as you see this as a journey and put aside like one or two hours a day, whatever it may be, if you want this bad enough, you will be, you will find that time. Um, whether you're tired, whether it's 10 o'clock at night, whether it's six o'clock in the morning before your job, uh, whether it's in your lunch break, whether you're not seeing your friends on the weekend for a sacrifice six months for, for the rest of your life, like put aside some time. Think about the money second because money's not important first and foremost. What's important is actually doing stuff and failing and learning and then doing stuff because eventually something will click. And the other thing I was mentioning about distractions was pick one thing. So whether that's something that you love, um, that helps. So if it's something that you love, but there's so many ways to make money online and so many ways to be entrepreneurial, um, pick one thing that 
that interests you. For me, to start with, it was it was hip hop. It was rap music and communities. I love that, and it's it sounds silly, you know. You've got some kid here. And I don't look like a typical hip hop fan, but like I, I just used to love it, and and uh, I stuck to it. And and all of a sudden, when someone came to me and said, the first person who came to me and said, you know, we'll give you, I think it was probably what fifty dollars or something to put a banner on your website. I was like, what? No way! Like this is nuts! Like this is crazy! Um, but yeah, I, I guess uh, to summarize stay away from distractions and, and just stick to one thing so whether whether that's paid traffic whether that's arbitrage whether that's cpa marketing whether that's e-commerce whatever that one thing is and whatever you decide to go into read up everything you can listen to audible on the way to work in your car um, when you come home practice setting up shopify stores whatever that one way thing may be stick to it because what you tend to do and what a lot of people tend to do is they'll see loads of different shiny objects. Oh, one guy on my Facebook said he made 10,000 off CPA, or one guy said he made 20,000 off Shopify. I'll try that, I'll try that. No, stick to one thing, become a master of it, revel whether or not you make money, immerse yourself within that community, get in these Facebook groups, ask questions, get your name out there, get on forums, get in communities, uh, and stick to that one thing, and don't worry about the money, because the money will always, always follow, trust me. I believe in that ethos, and it's now the money's following, and then, um, you know, I'm having a great time. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I think there are a lot of good things in what you said. So I kind of want to pick it apart one one piece at a time. Um, you said that you should be always uh, reading books and, and you know listening to Audible on your way to work and, and, and just immersing yourself in it completely. Uh, I agree one hundred percent. I think that entrepreneurs we need to immerse ourselves. Right? Think about when you're learning a language. Yeah. You can either read a book and take a course, or you can go into a community where they just speak that language and, and learn like that. It's great language, great language. Right? Yeah. So so you ha we as entrepreneurs have to just dive right in. We you know, you gotta you gotta take your fears, put them on the shelf, put them aside, and just go. Just do it. Just get started, right? So that being said, what books, maybe give a top three, do you think have been the most impactful on you as an entrepreneur? Sure. Um, just just to touch on what you said as well, because it's so it's such a good point. Um, the the one thing I always say as well to people is like, and I know it's I know it's easy to say once you've done it and taken the leap, but like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Okay. So if if you take that leap, what's the worst that's going to happen? Okay. The worst that's going to happen is you're going to still be doing your job in the day, earning the same money. Okay. You might actually lose a little bit of money, but you can always make more money in your nine to five. You can always make more money. What's the best that's going to happen? In a year's time, in two years' time, if you stick to it, you'll probably leave your job, you'll be able to live your own lifestyle, you'll be able to travel, you'll have a nice amount of money, you'll have a, a brand, a company, whatever it may be. So like, you've got to think, what is the worst thing that's going to happen to me? Uh, again, everyone can make more money um, in your nine to five or whatever that may be. So that's, yeah. But going on to the book subject, I'm, I'm probably not the best person to ask this question because purely because... Uh, I'm not a big book person, but what I do now get into, my, my business partner would, uh, would would kill me for saying this because he's been for years saying you need to start reading, but it goes back to the educational thing. Um, I, I don't like, I can't sit there and read a book because my mind just wanders and wanders and wanders. But what I can do is, is listen to it and, and Audible has been a, a really amazing thing for me and I've got into it this last year. Um, and anyone who doesn't like reading or can't concentrate on reading a book like me, I would definitely highly recommend Audible. Um, listen to it on the way to work, on traveling, when you're walking around, when you're going to shops, it's great. The, the two two main books that uh, have really stood out to me, um, 
since I've, I've been on Audible. Um, one is Oversubscribed by Daniel Priestley. I'm not sure if, you, if you've uh, read it or, or listened to it. Um, and basically, Oversubscribed is about how to become uh, an oversubscribed business, so how to have more demand than you can actually give out. So it's it's all about saying no to customers, but actually feeling great about it, and then, then you know actually having so much business you don't know what to do with it. Um, and it's a really, really, really good book. Uh, there's some real key points in there about signaling, um, which is something I, I, I've become really, really interested in in the last few months and actually tested myself to, to really good. I was doing it before, but I didn't know I was doing it. Um, but now he, he kind of done it, he went over these, these methods of signaling in the book. Um, I've even enhanced that and uh, I can go into detail a few little case studies, but there's been some great ones recently that I've done that have been uh, really successful. The second book again is by Daniel Priestley. I think he's, he's a great author, really, really good. Um, and that's purely um, on my side of things because uh, it's something that I want to enhance over the next year or so, but that was uh, KPI, so Key Person of Influence. Um, and basically that's all about becoming a key person within whatever you're trying to do, getting yourself out there, getting your brand out there, which again, I kind of believe I've done to some extent, but nowhere near where I want to be. And his book has, uh, has really given me some great tips. So those two books by Daniel Priestley, KPI and uh, Oversubscribe. Oversubscribe, I would 100% recommend to anyone trying to start a business. I think Oversubscribes are fantastic. And the, the best thing about Oversubscribe is you can then literally take it to any niche. So. I've got like a really, really good friend of mine, close friend of mine who's a personal trainer. And uh, I, I kind of do a little bit of mentor, mentoring for him, um, teaching him, what, you know, showing him a few things, how he can get more clients, more customers, blah, blah, blah. And I've picked things out of oversubscribe and taken it to his business, you know, not just my business. And, and he's seen the results instantly. Um, it's, it's adaptable for, for anyone. So whether you want to do internet marketing, whether you want to start up a restaurant, um, whether you want a, a chain of green groceries, whatever it is, um, oversubscribe will definitely speak to you. It's a great book. Absolutely. And, and you know, just to, just to touch on it a little bit, I haven't actually read it, but something that you said about the book, um, it, it ties in nicely with what we're talking about. Um, you were saying how you have to focus on that one thing, right? You mm. have to pick that one thing you want to do and, you know, be the best at it. Keep doing it. Per persist in that, you know, direction. Yes. But that book seems like it's about getting a little bit more demand than you can actually handle. You know, having having more demand than you have supply. Yes. So, so with all these things that are, you know, that are the, the shiny object syndrome, the objects, the actual shiny objects, how do you say no to those things and how do you figure out what is that one biggest thing for you, right? Because different things are meant for different people. How do you say no yes. and how do you know which one is the right one? Yeah, great question. I, th I, think, I think you have to be comfortable with whatever that one thing is. There's no point picking a one thing that you don't enjoy. There's no point picking a one thing that you don't see a future in. Um, he, he, he kind of uh, preaches that you should go instead of going broad and trying to become the, the king of everything, you know, even you, he, you know, a few case studies he uses is like, you're better off having a tribe of a thousand people who know who you are, trust what you do and buy your products than having a tribe of like a hundred thousand that don't really take interest in you. So like, you know, going niche, going small, like it can sometimes work massively in your favor. But to, to kind of touch on, on your question, what, how do you find what you want to do? I would always say, start with something that you, like doing so there's like I said there's no point whatsoever um, in 
you're starting up a restaurant, if you don't know anything about restaurants, you don't have an interest in food or wine, uh, and you've never been in the industry, it, like it, it's pointless, it's not going to work. Um, online, obviously, we're talking, there's, there's various different things, but you know, if, if you're if you're, say, for example, into skateboarding, I'm just trying to pick things out of my head. If, if you're a skater, you love skateboarding, why not then pick something online like a Shopify, like e-commerce, and sell skateboards? Because you know that you love that product, you know it's an interest for you, you can post some great content, you can probably get yourselves known as a KPI within that industry, you can start networking with different skateboarders, people with bloggers who blog about skateboarding and it's something that's actually going to drive you and keep you interested um you know for me my now interest is on entrepreneurship business at, at a higher level but you know my one thing is communities i love forums i love communities so i immerse myself within that space and i actually you know built several communities sold communities you know my latest communities are eighty thousand plus members we we, we own the biggest affiliate marketing community online the fastest growing affiliate community um now that wasn't built of course that was built over a, a love of affiliate marketing i am an affiliate marketer but really the backbone to that was a community i love communities that's where it came from you know i started this as a small community more and more people asked to, to join it um and that's what i kind of grew and, and you know three four years later like i say we're now the biggest affiliate marketing community online which is which is amazing but yeah i would definitely stick to something you know and then adapt it to whatever industry that may be so like i said skateboarding it may be into a shop it may be into running ads for local skateboarders or bloggers or professional skateboarders you may want to get into facebook but then pick the skateboarding niche within facebook because that interests you you know um just try and go a little bit more more targeted down the line absolutely and in you know, I want to talk about um, about your interest in communities, and, and I want to dig a little bit deeper. But but I want to touch real quick on what you said about the skateboarding um, example because I think that that was a great example, right? If you're already a skateboarder, then you know what a good skateboard feels like. You know what it looks yeah. like. You know what quality is in that industry, and so you can go out and you can find customers. Let's say you want to sell your own skateboard or you just want to sell the wheels, right? A, replenish, a replenishable product. People will keep coming back to you for that. Mm-hmm. But you know what you're looking for. You know how to communicate with real buyers because you yeah. yourself are in that industry. You're invested in it. You know about it. You love it. It's qual- You know what quality is. So, exactly. so, so I think what you said was, was, was brilliant. Pick what you know because it cuts down on the learning curve, right? If, if you don't know how to run a restaurant and you don't like food or wine, you don't have an interest in that, it doesn't make any sense to go into nah. that, right? Because you're gonna not, you're probably not gonna like what you do. Now, if, if, if it's always been your dream to run a restaurant, by all means, go do it. Go do it, you know, best of luck to you and, and I hope you're successful. But if your love is for fishing or, or skateboarding, why go start a restaurant? It, it just it doesn't yes, really exactly. make sense. It doesn't really exactly. make sense. Exactly, and, and and you know, especially with online marketing, there's so many methods of making money. There's so many different ways um, to generate income. But yeah, try and pick something that interests you that you love, and then adapt. You know, whatever the money making method is into that. Um, so, like I said, you know, if it's if it's skateboarding um, and you want to learn Facebook ads. Uh, go run Facebook ads for your local skate shops. You know, go run uh, Facebook ads for some of the the skaters who want to get more likes on their pages. The, the professional skaters, you know, something like that. And we're obviously talking very general here, but it, it just kind of we're, we're proving a point that um, you know, pick something you love, and there's always different things you can you can uh, link into it. 
Absolutely, absolutely, and and you know it, it ties back to what you said. Once you once you're doing the thing you love, you'll figure out a way to make money off of it. That's the last thing you should be worried about. Once you can start yes. getting traction, and and start getting people interested, the money will follow. So, anyways, let's <laughs> let's uh, let, let's jump back into into your story a little bit. We kind of got off on a few tangents, and and uh, I'm glad we did because we provided some value. Um, but let's talk about your fascination with the internet. Why were you so fascinated with the internet, and and why specifically rap music or hip hop rap music? Yeah, I guess I guess when I was younger, I was really into uh, hip hop. I, I kind of said about this um, community that I started um, about rap music, but my first, that was probably my second, my first ever community, my first ever rep website, and I hope no one ever sees this website by the way because it was awful. But it was like a, an Eminem fan site, so I used to love Eminem, and I, I think it was on like Moonfruit. Do you remember Moonfruit? It was like one of those awful website building software yeah um, way back in yeah <laughs> I, I think they used like dreamweaver and moonfruit it wasn't it wasn't pretty um but luckily no one ever saw that i'm sure on one of these pod- podcasts someone's gonna go wow i did some uh, research on you and we've actually dug that website out but, uh, <laughs> no, hopefully not um but yeah i, I just loved uh, why i love the internet i love the internet because it's the, the freedom i loved it because no one could tell me what i was doing on it no one knew what i was kind of doing on it and not like uh, in a bad way, just that, like like I said, with my my family, like they didn't know the first thing about creating a website. They they wouldn't have a clue if I sat my mum and dad down here today uh, and said build a website. They'd look at me like what what the hell are you talking about? So like for me, it was amazing that I could do something that no one had taught me. No one had had uh, you know no one at school had taught me. And I could almost I guess I wanted to kind of almost prove people wrong if that makes sense. Like my teachers who I didn't get on with most of them. Um, the education system, which I didn't really agree with and was kind of dead against and still kind of am to this day. Uh, my parents who kind of, you know, were, were always very supportive, but kind of, you know, forced me down a few certain routes to take as far as jobs. And they wanted me to go to university and college and I didn't want any of that. And they never pressured me, but like that was what they kind of saw as being successful. But imagine if I could go off and do something on this amazing World Wide Web and do it for myself. And no one had even taught me that. And, you know, then I'd come home and show them some money. I remember, like, the first day, uh, I think I, I think I, not the first day, but the first day I had a real uh, profit online. I think I made about £500 in a day, um, which is like $800 or something like that, which is a lot of money. Still is a lot of money to me. Considering back when I was a chef, I was getting paid, like, £1,000 a month for working, like, every hour in the sun. So I almost made the same amount in one, one time. Uh, in a day than I did in a whole month. And I remember the first thing I did was ring my dad and like I went up to my mum and dad's and I said, Mom, look, look at this, like look what I can, like this is nuts. No one's even taught me how to do this. Like this is crazy, this is crazy. Um, so I, I love the thrill and I still do to this day. Like I love the fact that I can do what I want. I can, uh, you know, I, I'm my own person. Obviously we have a full team. I have business partners, I have investors and uh, you know, various different people on, on, our, on our businesses, various different businesses we run, but like, it's still my ideas. It's still me. It's still the freedom I can do. If I want to start a new company and a new project, a website online tomorrow, I can do it. Um, I don't think you can do that in many jobs. You know, again, you know, we touched on like restaurants and stuff like that. If I wanted to start a restaurant tomorrow, I probably could, but like I'd have to go out and find a venue. Uh, you know, I'd have to buy a place or rent a place. I'd have to find chefs. I'd have to find waitresses produce, have to get it all in, design a menu, blah, blah, blah. And obviously there's loads of elements to, to creating successful businesses and websites online. But if I want a new website tomorrow, I can probably have it up. 
and that's that's what I love the freedom the kind of excitement the rush I always have to be working on something new um and, and it's yeah it's great it's an amazing industry love it that's awesome and and so you started off just being fascinated by the internet and um you know for for the various different reasons that you just mentioned uh, most of which I you know I actually all of which I agree with the the power to be able to do anything at any time from anywhere with Wi-Fi is just an incredible. It is incredible. Yes. I truly think that the internet is freedom. It gives you the yeah. freedom to do whatever you want, right? I feel so lucky like every day. Exactly. exactly, exactly. So that being said, how did you get started um, in, in your entrepreneurial journey uh, exactly? Because you said you went from chef to kind of forums, community building, how did that actually go about happening? Sure. So, so that journey, I can say like it was quick. It wasn't. That journey took like six to eight years for something to click and make it work. Now, this is why I'm saying like just take action. You'll fail, you'll fail, you'll fail, but something will click. As long as you're maintaining your income with a job, um, you'll be fine. You know, think of the long-term goal. Money will follow. We always think that. Money will follow. Um and eventually money did follow, which I was very, very uh, lucky to have. I still feel, feel I am lucky four or five years on, you know, doing the amazing things that we're doing in our companies now. But um, how, how it kind of got started in the first kind of uh, websites I actually made money from were communities. So basically I had this, this hip hop community um, and I, I fell into CPA marketing. And basically it's one, one guy that I uh, had on the, the community hit me up and said, like, do you know what CPA is? Do you know what cost per action marketing is? Um, and I didn't, I didn't have a clue, but we, uh, we basically back in the day, I think this was, uh, I think it was like a world cup. So a football world cup and, uh, I'm a big football fan, um, over here in the UK and there was a world cup and we, we basically set up, uh, alongside my, my friend who I found through my, through my community, you know, everyone I know now is like amazing. You meet so many people online. It's amazing to network, you know, Ben, before, before this call, we just said that you're coming over to uh wales which is by me next this year and we're probably going to meet up for a few beers it's incredible like you meet so many cool people and this person i met through my community i mean my current business partner now um who me and him you know we're together every single day i met through affiliate fix my community is is mad um so sorry going off topic but i met this guy and it was the world cup football world cup and we basically set up a cpa marketing campaign now I'm not sure if you're familiar, Ben, but back in the day, there was these things called gateways. There still are, still are, but a CPA gateway, so incentivized kind of gateways. And they were the annoying things. I hate to admit I used to do them, but they were annoying things that when you go onto a site and a little pop-up comes up over the content and it says, please fill out a survey uh, in return for seeing the content. And we basically gave away, um, we used our, you know, we were very innovative back then. We used our heads and we thought, right, let's give away um, some England shirts, some England football shirts. On, um, on a Facebook page about England football because it was the World Cup and we said we're going to do a raffle in, enter your email address and this is how silly it is like back then we didn't even think to actually capture the email address like the field for the email was just a field like we didn't even gather that data like that's how crazy it was so step one you entered your email address step two it just said to enter to, to confirm your entry fill out a survey and basically we got paid like one two dollars per, per survey that was uh, filled out now we we've managed to build quite a big facebook page uh, around the football it's a lot easier to build facebook pages back in the day 
Um, obviously, everything wasn't regulated as much on Facebook. Um, we weren't doing anything like naughty or illegal because we actually did physically send these shirts out. We actually gave shirts away. We had people take pictures on Facebook uh, of them in the shirt and then we put it up on Facebook and say we're giving away another shirt. Um, but we started making money. Like People were filling out the surveys. And to me, it was mind-blowing. Like, like I said, that first like £500 day, uh, I was like, oh my god it's incredible like we we were using a platform called cpa lead um affiliate network and uh, again i don't i don't know about you ben but if you were ever on cpa lead back in the day every time you made a commission it would make a little sound so it would go like bing 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 or something like this and i can remember being sat in my apartment at like one o'clock at night i just finished chef job like i'm sweating i've got horrible clothes on still stink of food but i was like on my laptop trying to, trying to see these stats and my flatmate was getting so pissed off because all he kept hearing was bing 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 I was like, this is crazy. He's like, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? Um, and yeah, that, that's the first first way I made money online. And basically after that, what I did is, is uh, because of my love for communities and forums, I started a CPA marketing forum. Now this originally was meant to be just for myself, uh, my friend uh, Jonesy, who was doing this with me and a couple of other people, like a closed mastermind group, um, just in a, in a forum fashion because um, that's all I knew. That's all I knew how to do. I didn't really know how to even start a website, but I knew how to start a V-Bulletin forum, put a logo on it, that was about it. Created this forum called CPA Fix, uh, and all of a sudden loads of people started asking to join. I don't know why, we, we put it on the CPA lead, they had like a chat box. So we put, put on the forum, you know, if anyone's interested in this mastermind, please let me know. And lo and behold, we had so many people say, can we join, can we join, can we join? I think in the first like month, we did like 200 signups, which to me was mind blowing. Was like, I didn't even want this to be a public thing. And uh, people started signing up. And you know, I think six months down the line, we had one of the affiliate networks, uh, some guy who's actually turned out to be a very close friend of mine um, and a kind of mental figure to me. He came, approached me and said, tell you what, I'll, I'll give you $500 if I can place my banner on your forum for a month. And I was like, gosh, man. I was like, what? This this, this happens? This is what people do? Um, I was so naive to it. But um, I started this forum, and to be honest, CPA Fix is now what Affiliate Fix is today. Um, it's been going for probably, like I say, probably four or five years. Um, started taking it seriously probably three years ago. We're at 80,000 members plus. We have over 1,000 affiliate companies uh, listed on resources. We have over 400,000 discussions. We have several hundred people signing up every day. Um, and it's, it's really now the established affiliate community online, which I'm, I'm grateful and very lucky for. Um, but God bless CPA and, and uh, giving away free England shirts. That's awesome, man. That's a great story. And so, you know, from from when you from when you started, and and you know, getting to the success that you got to, what do you think? And and it may have been the time the the five hundred uh, pound day, but what do you think was your best memory of of that whole build up period to, to from when you started to where you up now? What was your best memory from that? Yeah, I, I think that day takes a lot of beating. I mean, you know, I'm not going to mention numbers. Or I'm not trying to just say this because uh, I do, but I've had a lot bigger days than that now. But that that's the day that sticks in my mind because it was like, shit, I've just made what I make, you know, half of what I make in a month within like two, three hours. And the best feeling was, was I made this whilst I was working. Like I was at my chef job and I came home and checked my stats. And I made like three, four hundred quid, and then I stayed up the whole night watching the stack block go up to like five hundred pounds because I was so obsessed with it. So to me, that is definitely one memory that that sticks in my head. Um, but like, 
there, there's so many different things that uh, and and for, for me I'm I'm I try and be as humble as I can and like try and be as ground and, and down to earth as I can um, because I feel like I haven't achieved anywhere near what I what I want to achieve and what people around me are achieving. Um, but you'll always find that you know you have to do yourself, but also you know take take admiration for other people. But um, I'm very driven and and I'm, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. And you know in ten years I've hopefully reached some goals and I've got some big goals to reach. You know even this year, um, which I set myself. But um, yeah, I, I think that day was was a very good day. The, the other the other big day was um, a lot of people listening to this and uh, a lot of people I've spoken to. Uh, we touched on at the beginning of this call get stuck in a cycle. So you get you work for your nine to five, whatever that may be. You know, I I, I use nine to five in a loose sense because hours are hours. You know, as a chef, I was working stupid hours. You may be a waitress, you may be working a shop, you may be at a call center, you may be doing whatever. And these jobs are fine. These are fine. But if you're listening to this podcast, the trouble the, the 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 gist of it is you probably don't want to be doing that you want to break out of that so my my one of my biggest memories is actually I was stuck in that cycle I was too frightened to tell my boss I wanted any more money I was too frightened to say to my parents I was unhappy um, I was lying to myself I was depressed I wasn't really happy at all I was enjoying much more what I was doing online um, and I was shitting myself sorry to use the language but I was shitting myself like to tell my boss that I wanted to quit and I think that took me probably about three months going every day saying I'm going to do it today I'm going to do it today I'm going to do it today and you know I, I didn't have the guts to do it because you're stuck in that cycle you know what happens you know what happens if I don't get any money what happens if this fails um, so one big release off my shoulders and weight off my shoulders and memory that I do have is the day that I went in and actually after 10 years of working for the, you know, nothing against the work. The, the, the company I work for are amazing. I'm still really close with them. They're an amazing family and they did amazing things for me. And they, you know, they, they helped me pave a lot of things that are in, you know, I do now today. That um, They're great guys, but the release I had and the relief I had when uh, I went in and actually quit and, and made a, a go of this, um, I'll never forget that day. I think I was like flying home. I was like, way. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about, you know, from an early age, you, you, you've had to, you've had to manage your money, but you've had to want it. Right. And, and you really have to, you kind of have to have that killer instinct, not kind of, you have to have that killer instinct if you're going to succeed. Right. Yes. I think that that plays a huge part in making that transition, in taking that leap. Right. So for, for people who may have a hard time bringing that piece of them out or, or developing that or, or just, you know, getting into that mindset of, of just having that killer instinct. What advice can you give them? How, what, what can you offer, what ex- based on your experience or your knowledge, to help them get over that hump, to, to just really get yeah. started? Sure. I mean, we, we've said it multiple times, but the one thing you can't get stuck on, and I know it's easy to say because it's the thing that makes the money, the world go round, but the one thing is money. Like money, let, no one's going to, no one's going to, tell you that they're not in this for money okay so i'm going to be plain honest like money is a huge part of it it is and whoever tells you it isn't is probably lying money is a huge part of it but for me like the thing is success so like the 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 journey i'm going on the the thrills i get the the drive i get every morning i wake up i'm excited to go to work um you know yes you you remember your big kind of paydays your you know when you have a great day or a great month or you set a website but 
the more and more you do, the less the money actually matters and the less you kind of count it and look at it. Um, but to kind of make that jump, um, don't always focus on the money. I mean, focus on what you want out of your life. So like, you know, you only live once. And like, what what is the worst thing that's going to happen? Like if you go and quit your job? Yes, I, I do highly recommend. And again, we touched on it earlier. I do highly recommend doing something alongside your job because you need income. But when you get to a level where you're actually making a little bit of money, imagine, here's another thing, right? Imagine you're working one hour a day and say for people who are listening to this podcast or whatever, they're working one hour a day on something that they like doing aside from their job and they may be earning like $200 a month, okay? That's that's great. That's that's a really good starting point. Now this is this is the thing I had to get into my head when I made the leap. So you're making two hundred two hundred dollars a month, say for example, working one hour a day. Imagine what you could do if you were actually working ten hours a day on that thing. And that's what you have to kind of think. Like, yes, I may be earning fifteen hundred or a thousand dollars a month from my day job, and only two hundred from my other job, but like. Five percent focus is probably on your on your side hustle, like it's on your on on your dreams and what you actually want to achieve. Like imagine if you put a hundred percent into that. So um, anyone who's young, I would just advise to do it. You know, when you've made a little bit of money, because what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is going to fail. You go back, you get another job. Um, you know, if if it, if you're if you're really that bothered, your probably old job will probably take you back. Um, as long as you're amicable about doing it, don't go in there and go you like I'm leaving this job like just you know just say why you want to do it most people respect you and if they don't they're probably not worth worth working for in the first place um the worst thing that's going to happen is that you're going to be back working another job and you give this another shot but like by the fourth fifth time hopefully it happens a lot before that but something will click and if you can focus like 100% of your energy on doing something instead of like 10% imagine what results you're going to have out of it immerse yourself uh, start to network. Networking is amazing, like especially with social media. I mean, back when I was getting into this, probably like 10 years ago, um, Facebook was around, but we didn't have all these groups, all these networking things. Um, I never went to events and stuff. It was a lot kind of harder. That's why I fell into the community space, because back then that was the social media. And obviously, I'm still a big fan of communities, but pick that one thing, like we said, get into the communities, go to events. Nothing's stopping you going to an event, even if you've got a, a, a full-time job. Nothing's stopping you on the weekend. Uh, you know, catching a flight, having a little bit of a holiday or a couple of days away and going to an event, meeting people, networking, getting your face known, shaking people's hands, speaking to people, just ask questions. Like it's, it's you have to, you have to want it. That's another thing, you really have to want it. Um, I feel like if you're sat here on, on, the, on, on the edge thinking, oh, is this for me? Is this for, not for me? The likelihood it is, it's probably not because this isn't easy. There's a lot of tough, there's a lot of ups and downs. Being an entrepreneur is like, Yes, yes, yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Like there's so many ups and downs and like one day you'll wake up and you'll feel on cloud nine the next day something will happen and you'll be as low as you can be. But like you have to want it. And, and that's definitely something uh, you need to get into your mind. If you think long term and you're not always focused on the money, um, it's more about the journey. It's more about what you will achieve. Uh, you can do it. Anyone can do it. Um, but you have to definitely want it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I agree with you 100% that everybody can do it. It's just a function of if you're willing to put in the time and effort to see it done, right? Yeah. Nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody's going to nobody's gonna hold your hand throughout the whole process. It's a journey. It's a tough journey. That's why not everybody's cut out for it. But if you are, 
willing to believe in yourself and, and to, to harness what's inside, then you can absolutely do it. And and so I'm glad you said that. But anyways, let's mm-hmm. let's keep talking about um about what you're doing. We talked a little bit about your past and kinda how you got to where you are now, but but what exactly are you working on now? Sure. Okay, so we have uh, several companies. Um I'll kind of mention the the kind of more out front ones um just to, to kind of give your listeners a brief background. So uh, myself personally, I, I run a company called Affiliate, um, which under that company, uh, we basically are in the affiliate marketing space. We have uh, software. We also have a community called Affiliate Fix, which some people may or may not have heard of. Um, so Affiliate Fix is a free uh, community and resource for affiliate marketers and, and performance marketers. Um, as I mentioned, we're uh, the fastest growing affiliate community online and actually now the biggest and most active community online. Um, we also have a software that we acquired called Afkit. Uh, Afkit.com, which is a, a tool set for affiliate marketers, which we recently, about a couple of weeks ago, uh, did a big product launch with, um, and we're just kind of lining up where we're taking this now. Um, I also own a design and development company uh, with my business partner, Andy, uh, where we have a full team of design and developers uh, called The Landing Page Guys. That's also focused around uh, the affiliate marketing uh, kind of lead generation landing page uh, spectrum. So we do bespoke uh, landing pages for uh, anyone from your kind of Fortune 500 company down to your general affiliate. We tend to work with a lot of merchants and advertisers on products, um, on taking their offline product and bringing it online. So we build out full funnels, integrate with any CRMs, tracking platforms and such. Um, but that has transitioned into our latest startup, which we started a year ago, which I only announced about two weeks ago. So I'm happy to, to kind of talk about this one is a, a company called PageSource. Now PageSource.com is, uh, is something we've been working on for, for the past year, as I mentioned, um, and it is a, a landing page generator and software online. So it's a drag and drop. Uh, you have all the abilities to integrate your tracking, your CRMs, uh, everything in one place. You can, you can see all your uh, conversions. We host your pages for you. Um, we're giving you loads of templates as well. Um, and we're kind of we're kind of after everyone, but we're mainly after the kind of affiliate marketing direct response media agencies. So your bigger companies who drive millions of hits a week. Um, we want you to have your whole team inside the software. We've kind of used what we've um, learned and built up having a huge client base from landing page guys over the last four, three, four years. Um, we know what converts. We know what landing pages work, and we slowly transition that into now a, a SaaS a software, um, which is PageSource, which is due to, to launch this year, which I'm super excited about. That's awesome. That's awesome. And congratulations on the launch. Thank you. That, that's really exciting. So, you know, we're talking a lot about landing pages and, and what you're doing. Let's provide some value on this call, okay? Sure. In your opinion, how do you fully optimize and, and optimize for conversions a landing page? Yeah, good question. So we, we have something that we call, we like to call in our, our company the blueprint. Now, every designer and developer before they work for us, and you know we remind them on a, on a kind of weekly basis, is they have to read and stick by this blueprint. Now, landing page design and development is a very, it's a very tough subject. It's very tricky because we could build something that we believe is going to convert and it might not. And that's how like up and down it is. There's, there's no set wireframe. There's no set page that's proven to convert. Like nothing, you know, sometimes ugly pages convert a lot better than uh, amazing looking graphic, heavily graphics pages. 
But what we believe in is if you build your pages on this blueprint, you're going to give them the best kind of starting point. Um, so before you even start, these are the things that we kind of run through. And I'll run through a few with you on the call. Um, if people want to uh, look into this a bit more, we actually did a talk in London a couple of weeks ago about this blueprint. So maybe I can give you the link, Ben. You can put it below the video or something. That'd be great. I'll put all your links down in the, in the description. Amazing. Um, so I'm going to run through a few things, the most important things. Uh, first and foremost, what we think the most important factor is, is page speed. So uh, there's a really cool tool online called gtmetrics.com. Um, and that will basically give you a results of how fast your, your landing page loads. Now, I can't remember the stat, but if you watch the talk that uh, Ben's going to put below this video, there's an amazing stat that like per one second that it takes to load your site, you lose something like 27% of your audience, which is nuts. So like the, the longer your site lead, loads, the, the less people are going to see it. So page speed is, is, is ridiculously important. So go on to GT metrics, test your page. It has to load very, very quick. Uh, Secondly, obviously this is a very obvious one, but you'd be amazed at how many clients at landing page guys come to us with unresponsive pages. So what I mean by that, if you're not aware, is it has to work on mobile, tablet, and desktop, and not just any mobile, it has to work across all different mobiles, Android, iPhone, all different versions of mobiles, all different versions of tablets, because everyone's now on their phone, they're on their tablet, they're also on desktop, but your page has to be fully, fully responsive. Now, what feeds into that, which is point three, is cross-browser compatibility. So again, as well as a lot of devices, there's also lots and lots of uh, browsers, but also lots of versions of those browsers. Now, it's it's nuts to think that people still use Internet Explorer. I hate, <laughs> I hate the fact that they do, but especially the older generation. So let's say, for example, you're doing lead generation or something, and you're targeting you know, older generations for life insurance quotes or disability quotes or whatever that may be. Um, most of your visitors, if you look at analytics, will probably still be on Internet Explorer, but the way that Internet Explorer renders pages is awful. However, you have to make sure that your pages look really good across all, all browsers, because we've seen before, like, we'll code a perfect page, as in perfect code, you know, pixel perfect code. Um, and that's another good thing you can do. You can go on to W3C validation and check your code, because the cleaner your code is, the better it will look on browsers. Um, We've seen pages that look incredible on Chrome, they look fine, everything's where it should be, but you go on an older version of Internet Explorer and the button's missing, like the most important element, or the form is like down the bottom of the page, like it's crazy. So I hate Internet Explorer, but go on to uh, browser shots, I think it's browsershots.org or maybe browsershots.com, and basically what that will do is you can put in, input your URL and it'll spit out your page as it's viewed on all the top browsers. You can then get your code or a developer, or if you're good with code, you can just make some multiplications. And you'll be amazed at like how many things look stupid on different browsers. And if you fix them, you know, it's only that small percentage we're after. That small percentage could be the difference between a profitable campaign and a negative campaign. So four things there. Uh, page speed, responsiveness, cross-browser compatibility, and clean validated code. There's loads of other things I can go into, but I would watch that uh, those that video. But those four things first and foremost have to be done, especially in 2017, have to be done. Absolutely. And and so, you know, you probably have a lot of interaction with the people who use your landing pages. Yes. So you probably have a really, a lot of good insight on the people who are most successful with different types of landing pages. So could you maybe talk about the importance of understanding your industry and your business and how that relates to the type of landing page that best suits you. 
Sure, yeah. Again, it kind of depends what you're doing because it's such a broad topic. You know, like we do pages for everyone. Like we do sales pages for health products. We do lead generation pages. We do webinar pages, opt-in pages. Um, but I, I, I still think that blueprint's like the most important thing. Um, there's, there's definitely like things that you can you can do um, to increase your conversions that should be standard on all pages. So like you have to have like a very strong call to action. Um, hero shots work brilliantly. Hero shot is normally on the left top, top left of the page. Uh, your form should normally be on the top right of the page if you serve a form. Um, there's little tips like trust seals, uh, you know, like made in America if you're selling a product, if it is made in America, 100% um, on back guarantee, like those things still work a lot. Um, the ADA principle is one thing that uh, people should should uh, look into. My business partner loves that principle, but um, th there's there's a lot of uh, various uh, different things that you can do. Um, keep keep uh, like I say, keep your call to action very strong. Be very clear about it. There's some cool sites you can go on that can actually have people test your page. So like people come on to, I can't remember the name of them, but they'll be in that uh, presentation, but people come onto your page. I think there's one called something like the five second test and they'll just give you your feedback of like what they see first, what, what, what they'll tell you what they think you're trying to do on that page. And it's so important because you really need to get your mind into the uh, kind of insight of your user because you can stare at a page that you've been building for weeks and it makes sense to you. But like if you're seeing this as a stranger, um, it, it may not. So yeah, I mean, it, it depends what you're selling. There's so many different types of types of products and offers and uh, CPA offers and whatever there may be. But um, yeah, it's it's more about getting that back end of blueprint right that your page loads quickly. There's a very clear call to action. Um, your page speaks to someone. You know, get personal. Um, you know, choose a picture that's actually going to hit someone's emotions. Uh, choose a subject that actually, you know, again, if you're doing like insurance claims, you know, oh, I choose wording that actually speaks out to someone. Don't just do generic, like get your claim here. You know, you want to actually uh, really speak to people, hit their emotions. And again, like speaking on call to action and kind of copy, talk people through what they're going to do. It's, it's amazing. Like we've run some case studies before where we've had like buy now on a button and we split tested it against like grab your product, whatever product name now before it runs out or something, uh, click here on the button, you know, I'm just trying to give you examples, but like that version, the second version converts so much better than just your generic buy now, like walk people through exactly what they're going to do. Um, that, that tends to work as well, but definitely watch that blueprint video. It's, it's, it's uh, pretty helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, just, just talking to you for, for a little bit about landing pages, it seems like you're very passionate about it. You know a lot about yeah. it. <coughs> Excuse me. And you know, I, I I really, you know, appreciate that and, and respect that. Um, but how do you, as a you know, as an individual, as a representative representative of your of your company, how do you stay on the leading edge of the industry? Because, like you said, there are different browsers, there are different versions of the browsers. There's different platforms. There's mobile. There's tablet. There's desktop. And all those interact with each other in weird ways, and there's always new things coming into play. Yes, How do yeah. you and vicariously your company stay on the leading edge or the leading edge of that industry? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, again, you know, we, we run tests through this blueprint, so we, we'd always make sure these things are right. But as far as like technology, there's always, like you say, there's always new traffic sources, there's always new methods, there's always, you know, a big one now is prog uh, programmatic. Uh, uh, 
basically where you can take like something from a Google search and input it onto your page and you can get like really personal with people. Like that's a huge thing at the moment. Um, and to be honest with you, the, the only way you can really do that kind of research is by speaking to your clients. So it's, it's about, you know, con constant communication with your clients, you know, what's working, show me examples. You know, if you've got an example of something, tell, show it to me, we'll, we'll, we'll do it for you. Um, because they, they hold the data. We don't hold the data. You know, we don't actually, physically push paid traffic to these pages. It's our clients who do that. Um, so it's all about really keeping, uh, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be in business if we didn't go back to our clients and talk to them. Mo most of our big clients we talk to on a daily basis. Um, because if we didn't talk to them and ask them, you know, did that page convert? What was good about that page? What do we need to do on the next version of that page? You know, what do we need to do in a split test? Um, then typically their page probably wouldn't convert. It wouldn't evolve. It's, you know, it, Landing pages are an art, like it's an ever evolving cycle. Like there's so many things you can do, like you can install VWO and do some really cool split testing stuff. You can actually A-B test. Um, there's loads of stuff you can do, but it's all about, like you say, keeping up with that. And, and as a business, as a company, the way we do that is, is by basically just reaching out to our clients. The people, um, as you said before, are in the trenches who are actually pushing the traffic, getting the results, asking them, you know, we don't go and say, you know, we want to see your data, we want to see all your analytics, we want to see this, this, this. We just say, you know, did that work? What could we improve on? What's, what have you been seeing out there? Um, and they, in turn, go and ask, like, a lot of our, uh, a lot of our product owners, uh, guys who own, you know, like a health product or, um, you know, pet product, whatever it may be, will go to the affiliate network that they're running through and they'll say, what's the highest converting landing page on your network at the moment? And, you know, they'll tend to give them a link, they send it to us, we analyze that page, what can we do differently, what's on their page that's not on our page, um, and we kind of take it from there. Absolutely. But communi communication is everything. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, if anybody who's listening needs help with their landing page or, or you know, needs some, some more guidance or, or needs help, I definitely highly encourage you to reach out to Oliver. Um, Thank you. He, uh, He's an expert, and, and he can he can definitely point you in the right direction and help you. Um, that being said, you know we talked a little bit about your past. We talked about um, what you're currently doing, and you said you had some big plans. You know, ten years yes. out or whatever. Oh, what, of course. What um what are those big plans? You know, where do you see yourself going, uh, and where do you see your business going? Um, you know, independently of yourself, because there's 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 the personal, and then there's the business. So where do you see both of those two entities going? Yeah, I mean, my, myself, um, personally, um, because as you said, there's two different entities, you know, with my businesses, there's a company attached, there's business partners attached. Um, so that's a that's a bigger picture, well, not a bigger picture, but that's a, you know, a bigger group of, of people. Uh, whereas myself, alongside those, um, I, I really love, uh, I love brand. I think brand's so strong. I think you should be branding yourself. You know, Ben, you're branding yourself. I'm branding myself. We wouldn't be doing this podcast if we weren't focused on our personal brand as well as our company's brand. Um, and that's what I really enjoy. I, I love building up my brand. Um, I, I really want to, I've done quite a few talks, but I really want to do more talks, speaking events. Um, I feel like I can offer value. Uh, I really, I really want to do something within the educational system again, <clears throat> just because, like I said, I don't really necessarily agree with it. So if there's any way I could influence that with what I think should be done, especially in the UK, um, I would love to do that. But personally, you know, uh, being a KPI in my industry, uh, building up my brand, um, because I feel, I feel that's another thing. Like brand is so important. Personal brand is so important to me because. 
if, if people follow my company, that's great. But if they don't know that I'm behind that company, when I sell that company, if I exit, if I, uh, you know, whatever happens with that company, um, I'm back to square one. Whereas I've always believed in building up my personal brand and my name because if people follow me, if I sell that company, that just enhances my brand and then I do something else and those people still follow my journey. So it's all about a journey. It's all about uh, being successful. So my goals are just to continue on, on the journey I'm being. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily, and I don't want this, I don't want people to listen to this and think, uh, you know, I don't appreciate stuff or appreciate where I am right now, but I personally to myself, I don't see myself as being majorly successful yet. Um, I've got so much more that I want to achieve. Um, and hopefully things, like I said, in the next year that I'm going to achieve, um, which I'm really excited about. And, and company-wise, um, our main focus now is PageSource. We're really, really excited just to get it out there, um, just to, to kind of take this journey. This is our first proper, as I would kind of say, inverted commas, proper startup um, where, you know, we've, we've got a product, we've got a SaaS that we've been building for the last year. Um, I want to take this to market. I can't wait. Um, I just want to grow this product to, to be a multi-million dollar recurring SaaS model um, within the next 12 months alongside my business partner and our team. Um, and that's that's my immediate focus. But to me, like, I just want to be successful. But for me, if you were to ask me what I believe is successful, it's not monetary. I believe success is longevity. So if I'm having this conversation with you in 10 years, I believe I've been successful. Absolutely. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. And, and I like that you take a very long-term approach in the things that you do because, you know, there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there that, that I see because, you know, you said you do some mentoring. Um, you know, some, some people come and ask me different things. And usually the, the biggest piece of advice that I always give is to think of your business on a bigger time scale. Mm. Think, think of it on a longer you know, in a longer time frame where you're not just worried about right now, you're not worried about this month, but you're worried about the next 10 years, you know, the next five years, the next three years. And, and so I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. And, um, you know, I wish you the best of luck in, in all of your business and personal ventures. Um, Thank you. Absolutely, man. So I have, uh, I have two more questions for you. Yeah. Um, it's been a great interview. I really do appreciate your time. Um, first question is, what do you want to leave behind as your legacy? Well, that is a that is a big question. Um, let me let me think. Um, as my legacy, again, like to be honest, it's it's more about kind of uh, what what I want to achieve in life um, <clears throat> for me. Um, and of course, you know, money does come into that. I've, I've said that openly. Um, you know, I am money driven, but I'm I'm more driven by success. And and I've just said to you success to me isn't monetary success is longevity so i'd love to be speaking to you in 20 30 years um you come over to wales we go for a pint and we say oh do you remember that podcast we did 30 years ago then um and you know and we, me and you to have achieved great things since then so um you know i'm not as far as you know leaving a legacy i'd love to leave products i'd love to leave businesses that people can attach to say you know oh, Oliver Kenyon started that or co-founded that company you know he sold it and sold it uh he, he he made that space better he made that space better um i mean if take a philip fix for example like i only ever started that company to to benefit people to give them a free resource 
um, to, to be a friendly community to help other people make money. As far as, you know, I keep mentioning this education thing, like one day I, I would really, really like to, maybe when I'm on a bigger platform, to, to really look into that because I don't feel like the education system is correct, especially here in England. I'm not sure, I can't comment on the US because I haven't been in it. Um, so if I can leave something behind that changes that system, that would be amazing because um, I feel like I've almost been uh, treated, not badly, but like treated wrongly in the way I was educated and brought up and I feel like they're still doing it. Um, and I feel that like it could be done so much better and it would make the world such a better place. So that's one thing I, I feel very passionate about and even more so now um, that I'm getting a bit of a platform over the last few years, like that's something I, I really want to explore. Um, so that would be something I would love to change and leave behind me. But ultimately, I just want to be successful. Um, I want to, you know, I want to have a, I want to treat people well. My, my biggest thing in, in business, um, and I, I'm amazed I haven't actually mentioned this because this is one kind of thing I, I, I stand by is, is karma is real. Like, uh, um, you know, no disrespect to anyone else. I don't believe in religion. I don't believe in anything like that. But for me, I do strongly believe in karma. Like I believe if you treat people good, you'll get treated good back enough. And it, it doesn't have to be an instant thing. Like, you know, if I treat someone good and show someone the way today, maybe in 20 years it will come back to me. But like I do believe in karma. I've always believed in helping people and uh, giving back. And in return, I feel like I've had enough karma back already. I feel very lucky to do what I do. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I, I definitely agree with you that the more good things that you put out into the world, the more things that you give, the more that you allow to come back, right? Yes. There, there's, a lot of people say that there's a give and take, uh, but I like to think of it as a give and give, right? Because if you're giving to your customers, you're giving to your community, you allow them, you give them a foundation to then give back to you. And it works on such a smaller level as well. Yeah, right, 100%, right. right. Like even on a one-to-one -one basis, like um, it, it works. You know, we, we have we have uh, clients and people who we do stuff for for free because we know that it's going to come back to us. You know, they're going to be using us in a year's time or uh, even on like a, a smaller level with business associates that I talk to, we don't actually do monetary business with, but you know, they say, I need this. Okay, it's done. And because I know that, you know, I'm not banking on it, but I know that if it's five years down the line, 10 years down the line, uh, I can get on the phone and call them, ask them back for a favor and, and it will come back to me. So karma is definitely real. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, I just have, I have one more question for you. Uh, again, great interview. We provide a lot of value and I really do appreciate your time. Um, no but is there any part about yourself that you think is an important piece of who you are that I did not ask you about today? In other words, what did I miss? Yeah, yeah, that's a good, really good question. Um, I, I feel uh, the last question kind of opened that up a bit because I hadn't mentioned that kind of thing. That is one of my big things, you know. Um, I've mentioned uh, a lot of things on this interview, but that that is definitely one thing that I kind of, live by you know I, I feel like you should <clears throat> always help people out when you can and, and eventually it will come back and again it doesn't have to be like a direct relationship you know if someone who's new into marketing comes and asks me a marketing question I will try and answer it to my best ability and I don't expect that person to come back to me but I feel like the whole thing works in a cycle because I feel like in the next whatever six months or a year someone maybe who I need advice from will then come back to me because I've done that so I, I do believe in that full cycle um, Maybe that's one thing we haven't really touched on. Um, but no, uh, apart from that, um, I, I am who I am. I put everything out there. 
again, I'd like to touch a bit more on the, the personal brand thing. I think that's very, very important. Um, I, I do believe that everyone should own their name.com. I do believe that everyone should probably be blogging, um, especially in this generation, like everything is about content. You know, back in the day when I was writing like my first blog, uh, everything was had to be so polished and everything had to be like amazing content. But now it's all about social media, quick content, videos, quick insights, tips, like you have to be everywhere and that's quite hard to be. But like, I do believe you should start building a personal brand. Um, and because people, like I say, follow you and then everything ties off of that, you know, you're like the top of the, the top of the, the chain and then everything kind of grows off of you and, and you can, uh, people can follow your journey. Um, but no, Ben, it's been, it's been a real pleasure, a great interview and, and thank you so much for having me on. It's a great show. Absolutely, Oliver. And, and again, uh, it has been my pleasure to, to have you on the show. Um, I actually thought of one more question that I'd like to ask. Yeah, that's sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you seem like you're wearing a lot of hats, right? You have your own personal brand. You have a bunch of different businesses. Um, and then, you know, you, you're just doing so many things. What do you or who do you see yourself as, right? Do you see yourself as an entrepreneur? Do you see yourself as a business owner, as a marketer? Who do you see yourself as if you had to describe yourself? Yeah, no, that's a great question. It's it's one that I've struggled with in the past because to to pinpoint that your own personal kind of like mission statement, and it's something I'm I'm going through at the moment because I'm actually rebranding my personal website and and choosing a kind of direction to really go for. Um, <clears throat> but to answer your question, um, business man, entrepreneur, I see myself as an entrepreneur because. I get enjoyment out of growing things and, and doing new things. If something's standing still, I can't stand it. So like a businessman may own a business that may earn X amount of money for X amount of years and they're happy just doing that. I feel like an entrepreneur is someone who always is, wants to get excited about doing something new, wants to take new opportunities, grab new opportunities, work on something. And that's me, like I constantly have to be working. And that's why I have so many hats because I'd get bored. Um, that's why at school I got bored. I didn't listen to the class because I wasn't interested. Like I have to have so many things, not so many things because you can get worn out and I've done that. You know, I've had to sell things and, you know, tie things down a bit. But um, for me, uh, personally, I, I, I do see myself as a, an entrepreneur. I, I have to be working and, and be excited about doing doing uh, new things, and, and that's where I kind of position myself. But as far as like uh, in in my kind of industry where I see myself as a KPI, um, I, I feel like now my uh, my own back to the community and stuff is is to help others. Like I want to help others. I want to help people break out of the cycle that we mentioned earlier in this conversation that they when they're working I want to help people take action and I want to like make it not so scary to take action like it's, it's a doable thing what's the worst that's going to happen so uh, quite soon when my blog relaunches we're actually going to have like a, a kind of a really cool group um, and I'm not just upselling this I'm just saying this because you've kind of asked on that question but the group's going to be called think action plan now most people would think it would go think plan action but I really believe in thinking, taking action, and then you plan. You know, it's it's like the same old saying. You know, uh, ready, go, set. You set yourself after you've taken that action. So, get in there, get stuck in, and that's what I want to help people do. I really want to help people change their lives, become entrepreneurs themselves, to become online business people, and make some money. Because uh, I feel we're in such a lucky position to be our age um, and and have this opportunity uh, where you can literally do what you want online and make some money. Um, and I, I don't mean that, I don't take that sentence lightly because I know it's not easy, but um, our parents weren't offered that opportunity and we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And, you know, 
if if ever if ever anybody listening thinks to themselves, well, you know, I can't compete with those people like Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk or or Bill Gates. Those guys came from nothing. I mean, they 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 did not come from wealth. They earned it themselves, and and in and in one lifetime, the same lifetime that that you and I have, Oliver, in the same lifetime that anybody else is listening to out here, you have time, you have the ability to do it. It comes mm. from within, right? So harness that, bring that out, and just do it. Just go for it. Take action, like Oliver said. So so take inspiration in in, in what we've said today. I you know I hope I hope. You, you learned something from this. I hope you can take value, something of value out of this because life is short and mm. the best time to plant an oak tree is 20 years ago, but the, the second best time is today. So start today. Your entrepreneurship journey is the same way. Best time to start is back then, but the next best time is today. So I challenge everybody to, you know, take, take, an act, take, take the next step in whatever they're doing, whether it be to continue on your journey or to start that journey or whatever it may be. Keep going, keep going at it. So, anyways, Oliver, I want to thank you very much for coming onto the show. Um, again, I'm going to put all of Oliver's links down in the description below. Go check it out. Go check out Paid Shorts. Go check out Landing Page, guys. Go check out all the affiliate marketing resources that Oliver has. Um, and then, you know, of course, I highly recommend you getting in touch with Oliver. He's a great guy, very smart entrepreneur, very successful. So. This has been another Project Egg interview. Today we've been talking with Oliver Kenyon from England, and have a good day.